We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Yes. Yes, we uh, are. June 16th, Tuesday. Uh, happy to have everybody back. It's uh, Happy Taco Tuesday. That's right. Taco Tuesday. It, it was Taco Tuesday in the MSM house mm-hmm. today. Yeah. Nonetheless. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's been a week. We're back. Yes, um, sir. We are happy to, to – we got a lot of new things going on. Uh, I think today was mainly just football and baseball, but we want to go into depth about a couple different things that I'm excited to talk about. So, <laughs> for instance, um, we'll lead it off. I'll have my my five minute Eagles rant if you guys will allow it. If not, oh, okay. just skip the five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's more so for you guys. I mean, the listeners don't have a choice. Yeah, I get it. Uh, but oh, by the way, I always jump right. I jump the gun. This is Sean Krause talking. How's it oh going? yeah, yeah. Matt Benavides here. Matthew Thomas, Michael Gregory, and and, and we are the uh, MSM crew production team. Whatever. So we're happy to be back. So Yeet. like I said, um, a lot of good news uh, and a lot of bad news. But we're going to jump right in to the worst news oh, of man, them all. Yeah. We're not talking about baseball not coming back. We're not talking mm. about NBA season possibly being delayed even more. What a buildup. We're talking about. Brandon Brooks, the Eagles' right guard, tearing his Achilles, which is the, oh, yeah. the hot-button issue I know oh, everyone's man. been worried about. That's, that was my concern Dude, going it, in. It sucks because he was yoked. Like the, yeah, he was if you, if you If you did not or if you have not seen the video of Brandon Brooks boxing, go Google it right now. Oh, so yeah. he lost 35 pounds. Jeez. Uh, just get getting shredded. Yeah. And he was doing, like, kickboxing and MMA. And I think uh, I saw, like, <laughs> a picture that he was also doing, uh, like, jujitsu. Like, he was rolling uh, Do you think that's why he tore his ACL? No. So, funny you mentioned that because he tweeted out today that a lot of people were asking him about, you know, what happened. And uh, so he says, I noticed a lot of people were wondering, excuse me, how it happened. So let me be clear. I was doing 60 yard shuttles and on the seven slash eight, I went out to touch the line to push off and pop. Ooh. So basically, Ooh. he said he tore his Achilles just doing some 60-yard shuffles in the practice field. So I guess that's the bad thing. Losing that much weight, it's nice, but like that puts a lot of pressure on your body because you've, you've done nothing but work out. Yeah. And that's a lot of pressure. For a big man, Like he was like 390 yeah. coming into the draft. Are you kidding? No, he was like one of the biggest offensive linemen. Wow. And then the Texans drafted him. Guy was a beast. Wow. Hated that they just let him walk, but uh, and then after three Pro Bowl seasons with the Eagles, uh, here we are. Yeah, uh, he was the right. highest rated offensive lineman last year with the Pro Football Focus rating of 96.2. Mm. So, uh, gave up, I think, two sacks in the past three years. I saw something like that, something crazy like that. That's good, nice. right? It's not bad. Um, so basically, what does that look like for the Eagles' offensive line now? What are some of the replacements? And, um, just talking about free agents. Larry Warford, Larry, uh, is out there. Josh Klein. Uh, but the one that I've been seeing a lot on like uh, the Twitter sphere uh, is Jason Peters, uh, the Eagles' uh, hall of, soon-to-be Hall of Fame left tackle. So he said that he'd be willing to move to guard. A lot of older tackles make the transition to guard and do well. Okay. I think left tackle is Andre Dillard's spot, the second-year left tackle out of uh, Washington. Um, he said he wouldn't mind coming back to the Eagles. So I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, bringing Jason Peters back to the Eagles one year deal. Okay. Something cheap. Right. You keep him, you keep him in Philly for another year. I think he's going to be like 39 this year. So 
Do yeah. you think he could handle the guard spot? I mean, playing tackle all your life. I mean, the past two years he's been injured at least, you know, at some point in time, like both years. So, I mean, would you rather take like Larry? Larry Which, you know, he would probably play 16 games. Let's say you give him a 90% chance he'll play every game. Whereas Peters, it could be 70%. Oh, probably a little. I'd give him 50 50 on playing every game. My yeah, thing is, 30, my thing is, 38 39 is what can I get for cheaper and develop some of the young guys? So, that, as of right now, it's there. The right, the backup right guard is Jack Driscoll, who was our fourth round pick this year out of Auburn. Okay. So, couldn't honestly couldn't tell you much about him, but does this hurt Miles Sanders' stock? You think? No, because I think Eagles still have one of the best offensive lines. You still have Lane Johnson at right tackle, who's yeah. like a top five right tackle. You still have Jason Kelsey, who's arguably the best center in the league. Okay. And it's that left side that I'm going to keep my eyes on with Andre Dillard and Isaac Siamalu. So we're running the ball to the right. We're definitely running the ball <laughs> to the right. Okay. Um, I mean, you put JP right next to – Oh, that'd be nice. Lane Johnson? If you bring back JP, I mean, that'll give Andre Dillard, like, when he messes up, like, hey, what did I do wrong here? Like, yeah, what do you that see? is true. You, know, you have that mentorship on the line, which would be nice. No. Well, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. Again, it's early, and I know people aren't turning tuning in to figure out what the Eagles are going to do at right guard. So we'll move right along. Thank you for <laughs> indulging me for five minutes. Um, another thing came out today. Tom Brady debuts in the Buccaneers oh, uniform. Lord. And, I mean, it's just so weird seeing it, it was weird not in a Patriots uniform. But I will yeah. say this. That pewter gray is hideous. Yeah. It is. I disgu- don't like it. I know it looks gross. The red is sick. The red looks nice. And yeah. the white is sick. I thought the white looked real nice. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the pewter wasn't your thing, though. No, right? that looks gross. Oh, pewter power. I, you know, I, I don't think I've seen that one yet. I, I saw the red and the white. Uh, I don't remember seeing a picture of the pewter one yet. I have to. I have to take a look at it here. Yeah, it's just I don't but, know. It's, it's not my favorite one. I think it's their. Um, Thursday night jersey, like the uh, oh, alternate okay. one. So I don't think they'll be wearing it a lot from my understanding, but I don't know. It's not my favorite. Gotcha. Um, switching gears to the – from the uh, NFC South to the AFC North, the complete opposite side of the ball. <laughs> um, Lamar Jackson. No, that's not that's it. That's not it. No. Uh, my bad. I was trying to look up the pewter power, but – Oh, no. No. So, uh, so switching over to uh, the reigning MVP – Lamar Jackson, big day on Monday for Lamar Jackson. One, he gets announced as the cover artist oh, yeah. or the cover athlete for for Madden Twenty One. Yeah, big plug for him right there. Um, but that got overshadowed by something else that it came out a, a grainy cell phone footage video of Lamar at the beach playing a little touch. Nothing wrong with that. Oh, no, no. Um, but I think if, if you're a franchise quarterback and you want to play on the if you want to play on the beach, that's fine. But you're a pocket passer. Yep. He got out there. He's <laughs> rolling out to the left. He scrambles out to the left. He shot out of a cannon. Right. He was like he was he was moving. He this was, was not, like he was not like fifty percent. He was hundred yeah. percent on the. This the was like the wild card game. You know what I mean? Or well, oh, yeah. Or like the a of you know moving a, the, the divisional round game. He was you know cruising. Huh? As he's getting towards yeah. the the coast. Uh, gets a little nudge and topples over a jet ski that was parked right there. Oh, no. I guarantee that front office had to be just holding their breath. 
Like, oh. They probably went back and just did frame by frame on that yeah. like, video because, like, oh. it's great. It's a terrible. So whoever video that you need to do a better job because. Well, I'm sure they were probably doing it on the sly. Like they probably knew they weren't supposed to be recording in yeah. case something did happen, and of course something did happen. Uh -huh. Lamar. But man, he missed that. Yeah, like, what are you hey, doing, dude? Just, yeah, I guarantee you, you're not being paid to scramble on the you beat. Know, it, just throw the ball away. Yeah, you're gonna be all right, dude. Come on. I mean, right. that, did that look like a private area? So, I mean, the majority of you think those were his friends? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. think it was just some randos on the beach. Who posted that, then? You know, like, oh, one, your friend pushed you into a jet ski, and two, your yeah, friend filmed it and posted guy. Hey, Lamar, you need to get rid of him. Get some new friends. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that guy needs to go. The guy so, who shoved me into a sea dude. I'm, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> so, it, let's, let's say this is your quarterback. Now, Benavidez, I know you wish every, you wake up every morning wishing Baker Mayfield would get pushed into some sort of <laughs> into several watercraft into several different types of uh, Look, transportation. The jet ski is the smallest of the things I'd like him to get shoved into. Yeah. Oncoming traffic, bus, you know. You know? Uh, so I'll switch gears to someone who actually cares about their quarterback, yeah. Gregory. If this is Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, and you see this footage and you see him take that fall. Oh no, he's no. He, you're not going to any other beaches, Galveston <laughs> Beach, whatever. Say you, it's yeah. not happening. Like if you're gonna be on a beach, you better be laying on a chair, sunbathing, <laughs> pina colada in your hand. Anything, yeah, is better than what I saw. I'm totally for being a man of the people and being out there and tossing around the old pigskin. But again, you got to be a pocket passer on the beach. Yeah. You, you are you are all time QB, <laughs> and there's a no scrambling. And then also like if I'm the guy that's like. Playing defense, like and, and Lamar, like the the MVP of the league, Lamar Jackson is back there. I'm like, okay, you can't scramble. Like, you yeah, have to stay here. There's yeah, gotta be some sort of rules. Yeah, hey, you know, we we have watched you play before. We need to work on your passing. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, I'm all for QBs or professional athletes practicing and doing their reps on sand. Like Russell Westbrook, he has his own little sand uh, castle. Yeah, I've seen you see that? that? Yeah. And it, it looks great. I mean, he works on your balance and works on the core. I'm okay with that, but don't put a jet ski near, or big yeah. grills next to it or something. You know, be smart right. about you it. You got to be aware of your surroundings. And uh, so they were not. That is just tough. Speaking yeah, about quarterbacks not. taking a fall, this is something I asked you a little bit ago, Matt. I, so if you know Cam Newton's out there, would you want the Browns to sign Cam Newton? Because, you know, God forbid Baker Mayfield has another down year or a Mitchell right. Trubisky kind of year. He has a good year. That means you have <laughs> that means you have, way. you have a former yeah. MVP on deck just sitting there. Cam Newton, can you imagine Cam Newton, Jarvis Landry, Odell, Austin Hooper? Can you imagine that running around? That was pretty scary. Now, now, my thing is, like you just alluded to, if I had to say which one of these two offenses looks scarier and yeah. I had to pick between Baker and Cam, I would say the offense with Cam is definitely scarier. Okay. Having said that, I don't think there's a high conversion rate True. with Cam. But there's also not with Baker. That's the problem. And, you know, um, I think the Browns probably more than anyone can show you that, that points don't always equate to wins. They can score, but then they're going to win the game. Yeah. And Cam's not a fourth quarter guy. Uh, I think we've always hopefully seen Hopefully you got your defense, you know, can clamp it down. Oh, I would agree. But, I mean, still, you know. 
I don't know. I would, personally, again, me, I would, yeah, I would definitely take Cam over Baker. Uh, but that's just because I have no faith in Baker I'm just Mayfield. Saying, give me you know? a reason to draft Cam. I want to draft Cam in fantasy football. You know, I want to. <laughs> Dude, I mean, now that's the thing. He's he's a dangerous guy. I mean, as a quarterback, he's still got it. Uh, not the most accurate, you know. And his, yeah. The ball comes out of his hand at like 140 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. But I, I, he's still dangerous. Scrambling is dangerous. Uh, if there's two guys I think could handle his his throw, it's going to be Jarvis and Odell. So I think we're all right on that front. But I, I would also like to see them draft a quarterback. So I don't know. It's tough for me because in in the scenario for it to play out how I would want it to play out, yeah. Baker would have to be gone. Cam would have to play, but not play well enough to keep the starting spot. Okay, You know what I mean? And that's... I don't think all that happens, to, and and us still get a top tier college quarterback. You know the the Justin Fields and the what's the dude's name? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence yeah. of the world. Okay. So twenty twenty one Pro Bowl bound. You are now going to Las Vegas because the yeah. Raiders and uh, who else is there now? Yeah, just, just just the Raiders. The Golden Knights. Well, they have, like, yeah, they have the Golden Knights. Well, you know, team. just. Be, I, Hey man, that they were successful. They won the Stanley Cup back in did they a couple years ago? I couldn't tell you exactly. Is that their? Well, I mean, they've only been around for a couple years. So yeah, their first year. Yeah, it was like their first or second That's year. Crazy. Yeah. Hey man. So I mean, as a player, would you rather be in Hawaii or Vegas? This is a serious question. I mean, like, is that, isn't that insane that we're like? Don't get me wrong. Like, we went to Vegas. It was cool. Yeah, uh, it's well, not Hawaii. It was hot. Yeah, but it's not Vegas either. Uh, yeah, and and then this is, uh, I mean, uh, for great. people who are uh, a fan of the medicinals, ah, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a uh, uh, the variety and availability of the electric lettuce. They don't they don't test in the offseason. Yeah. If there's ever was a time, yeah. But if we're going just off location alone, yeah, Hawaii, fourteen times out of ten. So do you think the NFL is trying to do what they're doing with the draft? You know how they kind of rotate city by city. Do you think maybe this Pro Bowl will be? I, I think next it, year it'll be. But this is the thing: like having the draft in Pittsburgh would be huge because Pittsburgh has a huge fan base. Correct. But no one's going to want to go to a Pro Bowl in Pittsburgh. Like not this. In this is. And also, like, you got to think about, like, south. this yeah. is, okay, well, keep it in the south, like, Memphis, would you, or, not Memphis. Knoxville. Knoxville. Tennessee. No, yeah, we're, 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 Nashville. 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 Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Also, have you looked at a map? That's not south. I'm talking, like, Florida. Okay. Okay, I New Orleans, I'll give a pass, but Tampa Bay. Would okay. you rather go to Tampa Bay or Hawaii? Well, no, I mean, Hawaii. Exactly. Hawaii. So, my thing is, like, you have to think of, like, cities, or Arizona. Would you rather go to Scottsdale or, you know? Love it. No, never. University of Phoenix Stadium? (laughs) But, like, why why even do this? And why award it to Vegas? I feel like a lot of people – well, okay, draft, like you said. This is the first year where Vegas has a team, so we're rewarding them for that, giving them – they've been without football for forever, so let's give them this. But this – I don't think they should go to a, you know, moving the location every year. I think it should be – I think a lot of football players look at it as like, okay, we didn't make the Super Bowl, so now I'm going on vacation. So it needs to be a vacation spot. Hawaii is a vacation spot. Like, hey, Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to play this you know, silly little game where I'm hardly getting paid anything and I may win like a Subaru Impreza or something. <laughs> but at the <laughs> same time, like, I can take 
my wife and kids out there and we could stay out there for a month or, you know, three, two or three weeks or whatever. Whereas like, if you want, I think they had in Orlando last year, like, okay, but that's cool. Cause there's Disney world. Like you yeah. can still, it's still, you can make a vacation out of it. Yeah. As opposed to like Vegas. That's cool. If you're a single, yeah. you, know, a, you know, a single guy, but a lot of these guys are in the league that are making pro bowls are usually probably older, more yeah, family mature, family oriented people. Like I'm sure they love it, but like, that's not somewhere I can take my kids. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, you know, one thing with the Pro Bowl for the NFL that they have, you know, the MLB and the NBA, they have it during the midpoint of the season. So, I mean, it's a little more focal. I mean, people actually stay tuned and watch it because there's nothing else on. Like, your NBA's off, your NBL, MLB's off, they do the home run derby and everything, and that's a fun little pipeline. But the NFL, I mean, really, it's just – it's at the end of the season. Your team's already done. Like, and nobody really watches the Pro Bowl anyway. Like, let's be real. Like, people will watch All Star Weekend for baseball and basketball because okay, you have the Home Run Derby. Yeah, you have uh, you know the celebrity game basketball. Mm-hmm. You have the celebrity game. You have three point shootout. You have the dunk contest. Like, even if it's trash, which in the past couple years it has been, yeah. only with the exception with a few years for the dunk contest. Like, people are still gonna watch it. Whereas, like True. football, it's like. The season's over. My team was out of it, you know, Month four or five ago. weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, my offensive – my center and my right guard are there. Uh, you know, I'm not watching. Why do I care about this? Or your third alternative is, you know. You know, you know yeah. yeah. Really, it's more so becoming now what it is than, than anything. It's like they've got to reinvent it. And I enjoy, like, the things that they've been doing at Disney where they had, like, the NFC versus AFC challenge where they did, like, the uh, – they did like an obstacle course. They did yeah. a tug of war. They did dodgeball. They did dodgeball. Like that's fun. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I, I would rather see a gang of those. Like make a weekend <laughs> out of those. Yeah. As opposed to like some game where like people aren't playing defense. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like people aren't hitting hard like hard because you don't want anybody to get hurt. Yeah. And you know maybe the mean? last two minutes of the game they might. Yeah. Because yeah. they're trying to get that extra hundred thousand know? dollars. Yeah. They might actually tackle somebody, but it's you know. You know what I mean? But. I don't know. I think they they need to kind of crank that up. The NBA All Star Game always gets views because it's it's a street ball. They're just throwing yeah. lobs and I mean last year was good because it really turned into a competition. The yeah. boys was like really playing hard towards the end. Yeah, but you know, football is so much different because excuse me, everybody's scared of injury and the chance of getting injured is so much greater. So people are pulling up and oh, unless you're Sean Taylor, then you're just coming flying. Oh, and after, the, after the kickers, no less. Like, has anybody like torn an ACL or anything during the Pro Bowl? During a pro- I think, I, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say ACL. I think somebody celebrated after a sack and tore an ACL. Ooh. I don't know if that was at the Pro Bowl or if that's just a, Isolated incident. I'm thinking about that's the whole next year since you're out. Oh yeah. Can you imagine? It wasn't the Pro Bowl. You're even your third alternative Pro Bowl. Like you didn't even really deserve to make it. But you know (laughs) he's probably still the second best player on your team and tears his ACL out for the season. Now I'd have to look that. I don't know, but I do remember like seeing like once one dude jumped up and "Ah!" when he landed. (laughs) Oh no! Dummy. Sounds like a kicker. Yeah, dude. Uh, so, uh, speaking of the ACL tears, the ACL tear sport of the <sighs> summer, uh, Major League Baseball. Um, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I, I pass this over to you, Gregory. It's um, just, it's just a dumpster fire. Like at this point, talk about it. You, Where are we at? You had your commissioner come out 
not even five days ago, and he says we will 100% play baseball. Yeah. Everybody's excited. The players are excited. And then, what, yesterday he comes out yeah, and goes, crawl fishes, dude. you know what? Actually, nah. I don't think we're going to play. Uh, you know, it's not as set in stone as it was. You literally just said a few days ago. Five days. <laughs> on one hand, I can count. What, what, like that takes all your credibility away as a commissioner. Like you, well, Rob Manfred is is probably like he's making Roger Goodell look like a good commissioner. He you know is. what I mean? Like, really like the NFL, his stock, plummeting, you know, like, his stock is plummeting. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, and then the, everything that went on with the Yankees, we'll touch that in a second. Like he's he needs to be on the way on the way out. The players are doing like hashtag. We're ready to play. They, yeah. Like everybody's chiming in on this, and then they're and now the owners are getting pissed because like the, you, that's the last thing you want to see is your players like ganging up essentially against the owners. Yeah. And now the the commissioner, like if the owners, they're probably like, hey, here's our problem. Let's just fire Manfred. Yeah, get him out of there. At that point, get him out of there. Let's figure it out, and, and then once we're back to playing, we can we but, can put somebody in who. Has any idea as to what's going on? But you know, but to do that. The NBA, the MLB is they're smart. They're sticking to what they they want to do. They just keep slowly. They they keep waiting day by day yeah. by day because yeah. guess what? They every proposal they put out. Remember we talked about this yesterday, Sean. It, it's a third. It's a third of their salaries for the players. That's all that they want to pay. So they they will offer seventy games, and then they I don't know what the percentage of prorate, but it came to a third of their salary. Okay. And then they'll offer. 50 games, but the, it'll be 100% of their pro-rated side. Guess it what? It keeps coming to the still, same number. Still a third. And then they'll do 82 games, and they're like, hey, we'll give you whatever. Yeah, and it's always a third. And the more and more they wait, they're going to get their 50 games what they wanted because the season's going to start too late. You yep. can't get in 80 games after July 4th. No. Because you're going to need two weeks for spring training. You're going to need time to get these guys yeah. kind of get back going. Mm-hmm. So what it seems like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it seems like MLB, the MLB wants to do 40, 50 games. Oh, yeah. And they'll throw out these numbers, but I feel like they know the MLBPA is not going to take it, but it at least buys them more time. Like they're just slowly trying to get. So when it gets to August, September, yeah. or well, I guess July, late July, August, or whatever, they're like, okay, yeah, now we can do it. Like they'll finally give them the things, but they've just been uh-huh. dragging their feet purposely. Of course. To, until they get to where they're okay, now we can only do forty games because there's only fifty like, hey days guys, left. Yeah, you know? sorry. Like if you guys want playoffs too, all we can do is 40, 50 games. Which is a shame because I feel like right now baseball is definitely third of the major sports. Absolutely, yeah. In America and this is your time to get some kind of airplay with this. It's just crazy that they they should have been the first league back. Yeah. yeah. Because they had all this time to plan about how we're gonna handle this COVID situation. Excuse me. And, you know, basketball's ending. Football's not till September. Like, you had this whole like – you should have been the first ones back. And we talked about on the last pod how important it would have been for baseball to get back so you can get those young fans mm-hmm. and, you know, try to get some more viewers and, and get more attendance at the games or even if you don't do yeah. that. And this is – Get more eyes on the sport. This was the year to have it. And, and – you know it like here we are, yeah. And this is the least contact sport of if you compare it to NBA and the NFL. Oh like, yeah, they're as not going to be body to body banging on people. Yeah, as you, far as you know, um, the you know the pandemic and coronavirus is concerned, I feel like this is 
your best bet at bringing something back outside of tennis, which yeah. is, you know, feet yeah. between each other. But I mean, Major League Soccer announced that they're they're ready to go. They've yeah, they're starting a tournament, I think. So I mean, if yeah. Major League Soccer, I, which I think has more contact than baseball, oh absolutely, oh yeah, then absolutely. you should you should you should already have a plan made. But you just keep ollygagging to you know. 40, 50 games. It, it's, and that's what it is. They're, try, they're just trying to cut it to a, to a game deadline. The MLB knows what they want, yeah. and they're going to get it. And you know what's funny? It came out today is, you know, unfortunately, they said some people tested positive for COVID. You know, I know these are barring times out there. But, like, now some of the players don't even believe that. Like, I think Andy, uh, Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs, he's like, mm-hmm. really? Like, you know. But like you guys are just throwing more fire fire to the fuel. Right, right. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Because you know, some people are going to test positive. Ezekiel Elliott just came out, you know, and he got yeah. tested positive. Which is a whole nother bag of worms because, like, how that got out. Oh, I heard about <laughs> the HIPAA thing. <laughs> yeah. He really went on a tangent about yeah. that. Well, huh? what it was was, I mean, I know we're switching back to football just really, really quickly. Just yeah. uh, if I can interject. Uh so it was it was that I think Schefter had reached out to his agent and his agent confirmed it. So I think if anybody you have anybody to piss, be pissed at, it's your, agent. it's your agent. Oh yeah. Like granted, yes, it should have never gotten out and or whatever. But at least if if I'm your agent, I should call you and be like, hey, so and so's asking. You know, Schefter's hitting me up asking me if you have COVID. Like, are, is this out yet? Should I say anything? You know, something, but it just be like, yeah, he got that. You know, he got, yeah, he got that. He got that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, obviously a disconnect yeah, what, there. Oh, yeah. You get the quickest text. What are you doing? Yeah, right? So it looks like, you know, Zion Williamson isn't the only superstar who's going to be looking for a new agent. So. Oi. Out. So, but hey, I'm sorry. But going back to baseball. Yeah, but as far as the seasoning happening, what, do you, what odds do you give it? Because, I mean, like five days ago, I would have probably said 100%. There. Well, we talked about it last week. I think you yeah. said. Well, I, I mean, I, I still, I'm, I'm still in the eighty to ninety percent range. I just, I think, like y'all been talking, it's all about timing and the amount of games played. They're trying to, to do something very specific with the revenue. It looks like, and and if they have to, you know, beat around the bush, it seems like to get what they want. Uh, it looks like they're very willing to do that. But if I'm the players' association and basically anyone who makes any type of decision in MLB, Robbie's got to go. Like, yeah, yeah. what are we doing? You, you got to – I'm not I'm not doing this. His, you know? His hit just, just took a huge just – Yeah. Dumpster yeah. fire, man. Yeah. I, a couple more seasons. If he's lucky enough to get this deal done right, which is it's still very big, then that's it. I think baseball will happen, but it's going to just be a sad way that it happened. We should be – we should have been, been playing baseball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, because – Baseball, if you play 40, 50 games, that's not really – You don't get anything accomplished. You, not, you've you've done the equivalent of the preseason. And then and what does like, the, the playoff setup look like? I, I like, think they're going to try – You, you lose like three or four games out the gate. Like you could be screwed. You're done. I, you know, like – I don't know. It might as well just make it a bracket at that game. Yeah, you know, at that rate – March Ma- Madness bracket, put every team in there, and then any given Sunday – Best of three. That would be fun, you know. That's like, it. I mean, but round robin. I was gonna say round robin. This is you, you know, baseball. Probably you could do it easier than anyone else. How do they do it in the? uh, uh No, like the. Oh boy, they have it every now and then where all the, like the countries play against each other. World Baseball Classic. They still do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they still do it. How do they do that? Isn't that like a round robin deal? Uh, yeah, they, they. It's kind of like how uh, the soccer leagues do it. 
uh, the qualifiers and everything. You get the, uh, they have those brackets. Yeah. I think it's kind of similar to that. Okay. My they could put in like that a, could be totally false. Group A, Group B, but right. Uh, you know, maybe something to look into. I remember back in the day, I think it was one of the triple play baseball games or MLB 2K or whatever. MVP was the best baseball MVP baseball game. Baseball no. game. With, uh, uh, with Manny Ramirez on the cover. Yes. MVP 05 was the best baseball because game. Because I'm saying King Griffey Jr. in 64, right behind. No, King Griffey baseball on Super Nintendo is the holy grail of baseball games. I just that home run derby, bar not. Well, if we're getting a home run derbies, give me triple play baseball 2001 because they had the different fields that you could play. You could play in the house, and then it was like, yeah. Uh, uh, I remember if you hit the TV, they would go, there goes the old boob tooth. <laughs> <laughs> and there was like a bird, like a seagull in the cage around the right field. So even though it was foul, you still got kind of the home run if you hit the bird. It was the best game. <laughs> that triple play 2001 is one of the best. Baseball games, but the reason why I like MVP baseball is because they had the World Baseball Classic on there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and so I would play with the Dominican and have like Mandy Ramirez, Dave Rorty, and just Ooh, dominate. dominate. Yeah, 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 it was like we would play with my brother, and it'd be like unfair, like you can't pick the <laughs> DR, like you had yeah. to be like, you know, get 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 Justin up to, or get Carl Crawford on USA, and that was it, and just steal every bag, just steal bases. <laughs> Carl Crawford. All right, so staying in baseball. Uh, DraftKings users came out and they filed a lawsuit, and a New York judge ordered that a letter from the commissioner to the Yankees that allegedly mm. shows that the Yankees cheated, quote, far worse than the commissioner stated. Um, so this was big news over the weekend. This is for an Astros fan, I damn near <laughs> shed a tear. I was yeah. so happy. Oh my God. So all the Astros players came out, uh, Correa clapped back. To Aaron Judge with the wait what tweet, which is what Aaron Jones tweeted yep, whenever the exactly. Astros thing broke. Um, as a Yankees fan, hmm. I gotta hear the whole story. Oh, yeah, of course, that'd be your response. So, again, there allegedly there is this letter mm-hmm. that needs to be opened, and it's alleged that Rob Manfred, again, not having a great week, mm-hmm. um, he looks to be covering up this scandal. And I will say this, if, if this is true, and he swept this under the rug, and it comes out that the Yankees He's, did way worse. Manfred's, first of all, fired. Gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go. Uh, other than just being a babbling idiot. I don't know if you saw, <laughs> last night, they had the uh, the commissioner's meeting where uh, uh, Mike Greenberg from ESPN sat down with like six commissioners from different sports, Adam yeah. Silver, Roger Goodell, and everyone... It was great. It was great for the country. It was great for people who sat down and watch it and kind of, okay, see where we're going from here. And just Rob Manfred looked like an idiot. For a job that 90% of your job is public speaking, mm-hmm. he looked like he did no idea what he's talking about. I heard he called, so the title essentially for the World Series that you get, he called it just like a piece of tin or a piece of metal. Yeah. And the commissioner's trophy. Like, bro, like he called it a piece of metal. Like, do you have no heart and passion? Like, this is the commissioner. Like, I've heard, I, I was, I would be like, my piece of metal is better than everybody's piece of metal than here. Yeah. Well, also, you know? what he like, said was, um, or not what he said, but what, like, I've seen, like, people talk about, they said that he didn't even like baseball. What, what are you doing? Is someone How like that, like, it's like trophy? a business thing. I know, but, uh, oh, you're telling that I can be the commissioner of a sport? Yeah, I'll try out for that. Do, do you, you like baseball? 
Eh. I, I I rode horses. I can take it or leave it. <laughs> uh, I can take it or leave it, you know? Um, but anyway, going back to this Yankees quote-unquote uh, scandal, mm-hmm. cheating scandal. Um, so basically what it was, um, was that... They used the replay room. Yeah. Dating back till 2015. Well, so it was legal to use the... From my understanding, it was legal to use... The replay room okay. to access and 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 I guess funnel signs. Um, the thing was, and the, and the reason why I don't think this is like a huge deal is because the only way that it works is they would send it down to the second baseman. But that just means there has to be a runner on second, and that the signs had to be the same, or 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 See, the plan falls through. My thing right. is go back and look at the Joe Girardi clip when he's on ESPN, and yeah, he's the one I think that. Started all this. And oh yeah. You're sitting there, like they have like a whole room. And you have all three analysts. So you have Joe Girardi, and he's mm-hmm. talking about science to me. Okay. And so he's on second base back there, and they have like a fake catcher and a hitter up. And so he's just talking about like, you know, you bang your head twice as a fastball, or whatever. And they're like, so someone jokingly is like, so how do you do it? And he's like, well, so well, we we have a system in place. That went from up the booth, cut to off camera. The guy's like, Ugh. oh, yeah. <laughs> that went what from the do? booth. Oh, no. Sit down to the, the second minute guy. Just, no, sit down to the dugout, and then the dugout would relay it to the hit. And he was going to say hitter. And then he goes, second base. Around second base. Yeah, but he was, if you go back and look, he was about but, to say hitter. But oh, that proves no. nothing. So now you're telling me there <laughs> are buzzers that, in their. Anklet, Sean. That they're wearing buzzers on their boobies. I'm telling you, it's been a buzz fest over. I can just tell you there's a beehive brewing in New York. This is what I would say. <laughs> Anybody who gets caught cheating should be punished. Agreed. So Yankees, Red Sox, Astros, Marlins. The bad, like, the bad thing is anybody who – it's because it's the Yankees, the most storied franchise in Lord. Major League sports – that it's that that it's this big juicy thing that we haven't even seen. We haven't even seen so here, the, the here, letter. Here's my thing. It's all alleged. Here's, here's my thing. Allegedly, Sean. Allegedly. Think about this. So they put in quote like this was this letter that came out that needs to be unsealed. This says the reasons why the Yankees and do not want to open the letter is to protect the identity of the individuals mentioned. Like, so there, if you're saying it, that means that it's putting people at risk and there's big people involved in that. Right. So to say you have to protect somebody when it's something little, if the Red Sox got away and blamed it on their video guy in the room. Like, there's I don't, always know, somebody I don't know how that happened, but now you have hard evidence. It's probably a letter that's saying, hey, we have to protect the individually. Of, it could damage some people, whether it's Aaron Judge or it's – or Stanton, or whoever else it is, Babe Ruth for crying out loud. John Carlo, don't call me Mike Stanton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's man, this, this is big for baseball, and it, this is another big hit in the balls for MLB. I would agree. You could have had a season playing. You could have probably slept this, swept it underneath the rug, and then you could have had sports playing. But now you have another thing that's popping up. And guess what? Because all that can go on in baseball is people are just going to start pooling out dirt, and you're going to find more of these scandals. And everybody's done it. I am a firm believer in that. There's uh, that bad. There's no such thing as bad press. Mm-hmm. That as long as somebody's talking bad about you, at least they're talking about you. Okay. And imagine 
if baseball, if everything was going right and they were playing right now, okay. this story still probably would have came out regardless, right? Because um, this lawsuit apparently has been going on for a while. So now you have the Yankees and the Astros who already hate each other because they've been battling out in the playoffs in the past couple of years. That and then you have true. this scandal where the Astros get accused of cheating and Aaron Judge is coming out and it's like, oh, it makes me sick in my stomach. So you tell all this me. stuff. Hold on. And so and then and now this happens, and I have the Astros clapping back. What more would you rather see oh, than a four-game series between the Astros know. and the Yankees? Right you now. would have to open up with that series. I'm right? telling you, like this would get the most viewers ever. But the baseball, that the MLB, true. they can't get it. They can't do it. This is again, like no such thing as bad press. The fact that right. this is going on is getting people talking, and I want more than ever to see these two teams on the on the field against yeah. each other. I would say Yankees Red Sox is probably the greatest in baseball. Now it'd probably be the Yankees Astros, just because you have these cheating allegations and the chipping. Oh man, I would love it. Yeah. Now it would be funny. I, I mentioned this. I don't know if it was to you guys or some other friends, but imagine they open up this letter. And it's just like a glitter bomb with those little like <laughs> and it just shoots up and you're like, ah, I got you. you I know, they switch it out. A sign is a psych. Oh, that would be funny. But I'm curious to see what's going to come out of this. You know, as an Astros fan, I wanted something to be juicy. But I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't say 100%. So right now we'll see what happens. I think it's probably going to pass because it's, the whole thing started because of DraftKings. Yeah. Because the whole scandal, a bunch of people lost a uh, crap ton of money. So now they're trying to sue everybody, and then now here comes this. By the way, who has an unsealed letter just laying around? Is it kept know. in a safe? And how do they find out about it? Yeah, this? I don't know. All I'm saying is that, speaking as a Yankees fan, if somebody cheated, they deserve to be punished. I I, I stand by that. Yep. I'm a man of principle. At the end of the day. Um, but the bad thing but is, this thing is, but, but I keep going back to like the Astros were sending the signals from the dugout banging on a trash can so that the, so that the, so, so the home plate, right? Whereas like the Yankees, like a, a runner still had to be on second base for this to work we or else this doesn't work. We don't know that yet. That's True. what we don't True. know. That. That's what the, the Red Sox did allegedly. But Allegedly. the Yankees, I, it could be that same system. It could be something totally different. I mean, I can tell you right now as a baseball fan, you have scouts. They sit in the stands, and guess what they do? They sit right behind the other team's dugout, and then they try to film everything, and they'll relay that. That's been going on for baseball for years. Yeah, people have been stealing signs since baseball began. This is Honus Wagner was out there at short. Woo! You like that reference, huh? Yeah. I, I watched baseball. Sean has got some ice in his mouth. Back in like the black that. and white days, and I'm in the color of the TV. I yeah. I, I baseball. There I baseball well. Uh, you feel you the know? dreams? My thing is this, is how are we condemning cheating, and then we have a two-hour special about a summer full of cheating, uh, which segues into our next topic. Um, the ESPN 30 for 30, long gone ah, summer. Okay. Uh, Aired Sunday night, and I'll be honest, I got to watch it today. Um, yeah. Not at work because I would be working. I watched it a time where I was not on the clock. Way to go! Um, it's called a lunch break. That's right, a yeah. hour, <laughs> hour and forty-five minute lunch break, um, give or take commercials. Right in one. Right. Uh, shout out ESPN Plus. No commercials. Gotcha. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I more so want to talk about you guys's. Uh, experience during that summer of 98 
And I'll be honest, I, I, I used to play a lot of baseball growing up and play organized baseball, played all-star. I was actually pretty good. And I played all the way through middle school. Um, and then I picked up a basketball and I was like, I'm terrible at this. I should yeah. give this all of my focus. <laughs> um, but I, I, was, I, I was a really big baseball player and fan growing up. And this summer was one of the most memorable summers and seasons um, of my baseball fandom. The two teams I honestly could care less about. 1998 right? summer. So the summer of 1998, this is the summer of Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa chasing uh, Roger Maris' 61 home run record. Right. Um, and we'll get more into the actual documentary uh, in a second. But I, a couple of questions I want to start off with you guys was, were you – a Mark McGuire guy or a Sammy Sosa guy growing up? Because I feel like while they were both very likable guys and, you know, Sammy Sosa had the big personality yeah. and, you know, saying did the did the hop after the home run and yeah. he was doing the peace sign to his mom and Mark McGuire was just this big, strong mountain of a man, um, you know, more probably more soft-spoken and everything like that. It wasn't as, as yeah. loud and funny as Sammy was. Yeah. Growing up, were you a Mark McGuire guy? Excuse me. Or Sammy Sosa guy. I'll start with you, Gregory. Sammy Sosa. It's just he, he kind of had that swagger that you – I think he kind of invented that. Like I felt all the cameras were always directed to him. He had this smile. He had this – it seemed like he was having fun the whole time. Mark was more like a little more demeanor. I mean the press probably hounded him. I, we've seen it now, like just watching some of the footage. But as a kid, he just looked like he was having fun. I wanted to be either on the Astros or the Cubs usually growing up until I was on the Cubs one year and we went like one in 14. It was the worst year of my life. Never wanted to put on another Cubs jersey. Man. Oh, right. Yeah, but so. Man, lucky you. But yeah, answer that question, uh, Sammy. What about you, Benavides? Uh I would go with Sammy Sosa as well. Yeah, no, Sammy did it for me. Uh, I mean, at the time, um, 98, I, I was a teenager. So, uh, I mean, this was dude, right in the prime. I was, I was in junior high. This was pony baseball for me. Um, Mark McGuire, yeah, he was just more of a stoic guy. He didn't say much. He really didn't, honestly, didn't seem like he really liked St. Louis or much of anything too much. He's just big out. Yeah. He's bangers. And, and then you <laughs> cut to Sammy, and Sammy's like full sprint out in the right field for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Very excited like, to play right field. Pointing at the fans, though, we don't know what exactly. But he, he was that, like, he made base, watching baseball fun. Yeah, and baseball is a sport where if it's not fun to watch, you can really lose interest in baseball because it's nine guys standing in a field until the ball gets hit. You, you know? know, and thinking about that now, I feel like MLB has missed that. They've started recently to kind of like zone in on like what the players do or have them mic'd up. Can you imagine having like Sammy Sosa mic'd up back in the day? Uh, you felt like he was oh, yeah. because the camera was good yeah. too. Yeah, especially that year. Um, what about you, Sean? For for me, I was I think we're gonna we're gonna sweep it here. It was Sammy. <laughs> I just remember me and my older brother would be playing like wiffle ball in the front yard. And that summer, it was you know, it was all about the long ball. Like yeah. turn it on between uh McGuire and Sosia and, and Griffey for the for the better part of like the yeah, first half of the was summer. The one I wanted to throw it on. was like and we'll get into our, our Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, appreciation in a moment. <laughs> uh, but uh I remember, like, we would just – we weren't trying to strike anybody out. Like, I was trying to purposely throw it to where my brother would hit it three Crank. houses down. You know yeah. what I mean? And he would do the same for me. Got to try and break a window. And Got so it. I would, I would, you know, underhand it to him, and he would launch it with that, you know, that, that wiffle ball, that the yellow, yellow wiffle, yeah. wiffle ball yeah. bat. The and ball then, would break at a duct tape. Yeah. 
And so my brother, he would come to me and we do the Mark McGuire, like the, the knuckles come around and the fake punch to the stomach that he would do. And then what I would do is he would do it to me. I'd hit the home run. I'd do the hop that Sammy would do out of the box. And then I would do the peace sign, you know, bumping my chest and everything like that. And at eight years old, man, that's just how old I was for that summer. Like it, that was like the most fun I ever remember watching a sport. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I remember the 2010 World Cup was like I really got into Ooh, soccer yeah. and like the USA was good. And I was like, oh, my God, I was waking up at like six o'clock in the morning yes, to watch soccer yeah. games. Um, and obviously in, in 2001, when the Sixers went on the run, they went to the finals. But like that summer and, and this is what I wanted to get into was just like the feeling of that summer is one I'll never forget. Like literally going out and playing with my friends and coming home and asking my dad, like, hey, did, did, did Sammy hit one today? Or did where, where, where's Mark McGuire? He's at 25. Okay, Sammy's at 20. So, okay, okay, cool. So he's – how many Sean, games? What stat you told me about Sammy Sosa early? How many home runs did he hit? So that was the thing. So for the most part of the beginning of the summer, it was it was Griffey and, and McGuire. Okay. Uh, but then June happened, and Sammy just exploded in June. He had 20 homers in the month of June. And he had 21 homers in 22 games. That's insane. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I don't that's think crazy. I've ever heard of a stat like that. No. Ever. 21 home runs in 22 games. Um, and again, just just the feeling of that summer of them trying to catch this record. I remember uh, going to Astros games at the Astrodome, and they would have all the scores. And in Houston – not Chicago, not St. Louis. Yeah. They would have the scores on the scoreboard, and in the bottom corner, they would have uh, McGuire, Homer 40, Prince. Sosa, 38. <laughs> like, everyone was tracking this. Just yeah. It was just so good for the game, the sport of baseball. Yeah. They were showing uh, batting practice on, on television. An hour before the game starts on ESPN, they well, were showing. I mean, yeah. They don't even do that now. Russian knows too. Yeah, yeah, they might do that on a playoffs for a snippet, but not like. But Mark McGuire and Sammy's people got there yeah. hours early just to try and catch. A they ball. said on the show, they said on the thirty for thirty that they had he had five thousand people in attendance for BP. That's crazy. Beer you know, sales were looking good that day. Oh, you I'll know show it. up. I'll show up to Astros game in like a third inning. You know what I mean? Like if I'm here, yeah. I'll, I'll just yeah. Now we're not hitting the game till well, well after. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but anyway, I remember they uh, when it got towards the end, whenever they were getting really close to like 55, 56, they would like interrupt news programs. <laughs> All right, we're gonna stop right here. Uh, McGuire's at bat, and they would show the McGuire, and he would strike out. Okay, we'll go back to your regular program, and they'd talk about something else. Wow. And like, yeah. I remember. I just remember watching the news with my dad, and then they would just cut in. Sammy Sosa at the bat, and we'll see what he's going to do here. You know, the president could give, be given a state of a union dress, and oh, Mark McGuire is hopping on. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was crazy, <laughs> and and I tried to relate this, um, the electricity of every at bat, um, and kind of compare that to another sport. So the feeling that you had when McGuire or Sosa stepped into the box for me, it, it reminds me of like anytime you see. Like when Mike Vick would be on offense in in two thousand three or two thousand four, whatever year that was, Man, yeah. Or or when LeBron had the ball in the playoffs against the Pistons, it was like. But but see the thing about that is, this is the the way that Mark and Sammy were at bat. It was much more intense because there's so few and far between. Oh, of course. You know what I mean? You may see him three at bats a game. Yeah. Maybe four. 
So when it came up, it was like, okay, now like this is huge. Must see TV. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I grounded. And the sure. fact you had both these guys in two different cities. Yeah. The and same I mean, division. And, yeah. and I mean, same Cubs Cardinals is a is a rivalry. That's yeah. that's yeah. not you know that's not a joke. So putting those guys in there like that, and then oh man, I I couldn't even imagine they they showed that clip in the thirty for thirty uh, when they played each other, and they were just. I think it was three home runs in that one game. Yeah. Sammy hit one, Mark hit two. Like, imagine being in the crowd for something like that. You're like, boom. Oh, what? And the crazy thing was, was not only was that game important or, or just big because they both hit dingers that game, but they were actually both tied at like 46 or 47. Yeah. So Sammy goes up there, hits 48. Two innings later, Maguire hits 48. And then fast forward to the 10th inning, Maguire hits 49. So – not only is it important because you want your team to win, yeah. but these guys are also battling it out. And I think the cool thing about that was that, um, like, the, you could tell they genuinely got along. Yeah, like they had oh, that yeah. press it conference was a fun competition, and they were like cracking up. And 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 McGuire said in the show he was talking about how um, if he would have just had that press conference alone, or I think it was uh, Larusa was talking about that. He said like, if he would have that press conference would have just been Mark McGuire. It would have been a lot more somber. Because he was really getting kind of bogged down with the stress. And oh, you could yeah. tell he really affected him. And he didn't <laughs> want to talk to the media. And he gets up there with Sammy. And Sammy's like, you know, I'm coming for you, right? Or, you know, yeah. Like, Sammy really brought that to light. And so seeing those two guys before, like, that big game joking around. Like, you could tell, like, they were genuinely cool with each other. Yeah. So it's like, if you had, like, uh, you hear all the time, like, the scoring records would, like, People would find out. Okay, how many points did so and so score? All right, I need to go out and get forty tonight. Yeah, like it, you know, it's friendly rivalry, but it was like I'm trying to like yeah beat this dude. And I'm sure McGuire felt like that. I think he touched on that. It was like, hey, at the end of the day, I'm still trying to break this record. Or so you think, let's just say, if Sammy wasn't there that season, do you think Mark McGuire would have broke that record? If Mark McGuire wasn't there, do you think Sammy? Well, I mean, Kim so Griffey was still on his tail for a look for a good while. Like, but I'm saying, but do you I, think, I don't having, think having both of them takes the stress yeah. off? Whereas, like, just one, do you think it's like the pressure's too much? So that's what they actually asked McGuire that at the end they were like, "Do you think you would have gotten to seventy if it wasn't for Sammy?" Because, or even probably sixty for that matter. And he was like, "That's a good question. I couldn't tell you." Yeah. He was like, "But the fact that I knew, like." Oh, he's coming! Oh man, like, like obviously you want to break the record, but at the end of the at the end of the day, you want to be the one that has your name in the record books. If you get sixty two, but he gets sixty five, no one's hardly anyone's gonna remember your sixty two. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are gonna remember you had sixty five. So even after he got past, he said after I got to sixty two, I still couldn't relax because he had fifty eight. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, you can't, you know. And and the thing was, I think they were they were both tied at sixty six. And then going into a weekend, one of the last weekends of the season, McGuire played on Saturday, hit two, hit uh, 67-68, didn't want to play Sunday. Told LaRusa, hey, I'm just so tired. I don't want to play. And he was like, right. look, unless you're dead, you're playing. Like, I, you're going to – you would if you didn't play, you would regret it for the rest of your life. You know what? Sunday hits two more, hits 69 and 70. Oh wow! Four homers, two back-to-back days, and that gave him the, the, the number seven win. Man, wow! Um, well, so it go. was crazy. So some more things that I want to talk about, kind of getting into the doc. Uh, we talked about kind of our experience. Well, I guess I talked more about mine. What are some of your memories of that summer of that season, personal that you remember? Man, uh, kind of like 
everything that you already said, like just being a kid, just immolating these two, like just doing everything they did. Like you just ate off, off of every word. Like it was so much fun trying to be King Griffey Jr., Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, like just pimping out a home run when I was a, <laughs> just a little bitty stick figure, man. I, I, I was a line drive hitter. No way I'm hitting a um, home run. But regardless of the case, man, that was probably one of the funnest times for baseball. Like I felt oh, like yeah. – not just like a whole city. It was like the whole world was tuning in to watch it. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, for me, 98, I was 13. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, I was in junior high. Um, man, what was I? I mean, I was playing baseball. I was doing all-stars, uh, things like that. But again, I, I was more of a Ken Griffey person myself. So right. I, I watched a lot of what he did once he pretty much was out of it then you, you know you picked a side just yeah. because you want to you know you want to see how it turns out um uh, but i mean i i barely remember what i ate for dinner last night <laughs> so you could ask me what i was doing in 98 i, fair, fair. I could not tell. i know i was 13 years old and i was in junior high and uh that's about the extent of it so a couple of takeaways from the doc that I that I remembered watching, you know, uh, you know, kind of writing down was um, the grounds kid, the grounds crew. Kid. Oh uh, yeah! So this kid gets the sixty-two ball that breaks Roger Maris's record and gives it back. Yeah, no, I, you couldn't you couldn't convince me to give that back to, any, to anyone. He didn't get anything. No, no. He gave it to he. He. I think all he said is that he wanted a picture with McGuire. No way. If you're McGuire, you take that a hundred times. Yeah. Times. Well, because and, and they talked about over it over the money at the very beginning of the doc. And they interview the the guy who paid the three million dollars for number seventy. Right. He said it was two point seven, but after taxes came up three million dollars. That's crazy. That's for Wait, seventy. There's tax on that thing. You get it at an auction. Yeah, I got it at an auction. I was just say. Could you imagine paying three million dollars for one baseball? I don't. I mean, yeah, I get it. The dude was like some sort of like historian collector. Oh, he has to be. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But how much would sixty-two fetch? Easily a mil, because that's the one that broke the record. Yeah. That's the so one. Like, that one I feel like would be more, right? I don't think that one would be more because the fact he ended the season with more. True, but that was like the first. That's the first ball that's ever broke. I think. I think sixty two and seventy are probably the most. Sixty three through sixty nine. Yeah. no one cares about. Yeah. But the one that broke the record. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the ended. one, and the last one. Yeah, those are probably the two most. So we're like, I got sixty five. Yeah, no. Get out of here. Nobody knows what that means. Yeah. Move on. So, uh, and and that's the funny thing is, uh, I just I can't imagine. No, because you think, and then the guy, like I said, the guy in the beginning who bought 70, he mentioned, he says, in the NBA, guy breaks, you know, the scoring record, they call timeout, they honor him, you get the basketball. In football, you get the most uh, passing touchdowns, Drew Brees or whatever it was, they stop the game, you get that football, like that's yours. At baseball, you could set a record, you're never seeing that thing again. That is true. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's important that he got that ball back. But if I'm that kid, I need cash in hand. Bro, he was 18. At 18 years old, at 15 years old, at 13, <laughs> you know I would have been like, hey, this, I could probably get some money for this, right? Oh, yeah. You know the value of a dollar. Like, if you're working at the grounds crews, Gregory, you work grounds crew, right? 
Yeah. You uh, let's be real. You weren't raking in the cash. No. And this was you know mid two. It's like mid two thousand. Yeah. This kid in ninety eight probably making much less than that. This kid's probably what eighteen twenty. Yeah, and in ninety eight, I mean, gas is like ninety five cents. Yeah. So you can imagine what the he minimum wage was. Cash that ball in for a mill, and you could have been a groundskeeper the rest of your life. Oh, you could have done nothing. I would be ground happily. Yeah. Happily. Yeah, I'd be the guy who conducts the train. You know what I mean? Sign me up if I've got a mill. So that was one thing that popped out was that kid is just an idiot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, and, and, and just, no and just how go. corny it is to like be on the stage and get up to the mic and say, I believe this belongs to you, Mr. McGuire. Get your real. corny butt That's off the stage and, and, and bring me my check. Yeah. You'll get this ball when I get my check. Exactly. So I'm doing a little research. Right? I would have punched that kid square in the mouth if he said something dumb like that. Bro. So no, Mark McGuire's 70th home run, you said sold for 3.2, right? Cool. Yeah, I think I said after tax it was like a little over three million. So the same guy that bought that ball bought yeah. Barry Bond's seventy third home run in two oh one. Seventy one. Yes. So he seventy three home runs. He hit seventy three yeah. by the end of it. He, oh, he okay. seventy one yeah. broke ah, Seventy three is what. The guess how much he paid for it? The seventy third. Yeah. Uh, seven point three million. No, 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 no. Uh, two thousand one. So this is after the tech bubble. I'll say five million. Four hundred fifty hundred thousand. So four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's it. Really? Yeah, not even a mil. What was the other dude doing then? I don't know. So well, hold on, hold on. This, this is maybe this is a thing. Did he buy it after the steroids thing? Because maybe that brought the value of it down. Oh yeah. Bought it in 01. Oh well, then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no excuse for you, sir. Yeah, then I you don't know the value of dollar. Um, wow. Well, he got a steal for that ball. Oh, yeah. Comparatively, yeah. Um, at the end of the season, Maguire finished with se- uh, 70. Sammy finished with 66, but he got the MVP. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing, uh, just a, just side notes that I remember was um, I used to hate Mark Maguire's son. <laughs> I hated this kid. Why? I think it's because I was jealous of what it was. It's this little, you know, the bad boy, chubby white kid. He used to be the best dad's Mark Maguire, hitting home runs. He, Hit seventy and he's lifting him up and it's this great moment. That's lame. And I or hit sixty two was lifting him up. It was a great moment. I was like, this kid, man. Yeah, yeah. I haven't done anything. Yeah, and he was at every game. I was like, I- I'm in school all day long. Why Ow. is this kid not in school? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And that's <laughs> another thing that I learned that life is not fair. Mm. So another thing, another thing that I remember was. Um, Sammy Sosa looked like a Dominican vampire. <laughs> he looked terrible. I, again, I thought it was the makeup person just not getting his shade right, you know, yeah. with the makeup. But no, no. I, if that I, was the makeup person's fault, then she should have been, he or she should have been fired. No, it was Rob Manfred doing his makeup. <laughs> they screwed up the like, job. All jokes aside, I think there is really something wrong with like Villa Lago or something. But like, it's just, it's, it's, he looks hunting. He's he, a, yeah. he looks like a very ghoulish like creature. Yeah, he looks like a like a Hispanic Nosferatu. It, it's uh it was that was pretty terrible. Just the way that he had his hair and he had the suit with the little flower on it, I was like, this dude's he's gonna open his mouth and we're gonna see fangs. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Poor Sammy. Yeah, yeah. I mean I did not him. treat him well at all. That just goes to show, like I've always said, Father Time is undefeated. I'm telling you. Yep. Um another one was the deal of a lifetime. In 1997, <laughs> Harry Carey at his bar put up a 
Cubs win. <laughs> if the moon was made of cheese, would you eat it? Uh, Harry Carey had a deal at his bar, 45 cents mm. for draft beer until they won a game. They went on a four, they lost their first 14 games. <laughs> and they had to give out over 50,000 45 cent beers. That's how much they sold. Do you think the, the Chicago Cubs are like, hey, we should just take this? Bro, here's a five. I'm going to go get destroyed. No, I'm going to go get a kegger. Yeah. Let me get a whole keg. I will happily break a 10 for this. There had to have been a limit, right? Oh, no. 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 It had to be a limit of five. There's nothing to say. There's no way you can, like, that less than 50 cents for a beer? You're talking about the 90s. We were still smoking in the bar. You think they have a limit to beers they're giving you? Fair. Yeah, that is a valid argument. Fair. But, I mean, I can't imagine how many people were throwing up all on the north side of Chicago. Oh, uh, yeah. During those, that 14-game 14, <laughs> 14 losing streak. Um <laughs> I mean, granted, you sold 50,000 beers, so what's that, $25,000? Yep. A little bit less than $25,000? More or less, less. yeah, $25,000. Uh, Jeez. But could you imagine someone doing There's no way you could do that now. Oh, no. Even if you went for a dollar a beer, I mean, you're still losing a lot of money. Yeah. So, oh. like, I don't know how... I mean, granted... Well, I'll take it back. That's, I'm thinking of St. Louis, but... Um, I imagine they're getting a discount on the beer when you buy it in bulk. I don't know. If you sell for a dollar a beer, they're probably making some profit. But 45 cents? 45 cents? No. Nah. Unless they get that keg like from the back of a dock somewhere. Yeah. Hilarious. Um, and my final question I have about this. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Ken Griffey Jr. Appreciation. We said we'd talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Ken Griffey, to me, is the ultimate what-if guy. Like, of any, I think of any sport. Oh, absolutely. Of any sport, like, think of maybe Bo, I think Bo Jackson in football, maybe. maybe. If he had stayed healthy, what more he would have done. Yeah. But I think Ken Griffey is the ultimate, like, when someone says, who's the ultimate what-if guy that if they if everything worked out their way, they would have been the greatest ever. I seriously think it would be Ken Griffey Jr. He literally could do everything. He was one of the best two-way players, and I think that's what kind of got him in trouble. Like, if he just would have been a Mark McGuire type, he would have broke every single offensive record out there. Oh, yeah. But the fact that he went so hard and he crashed into walls and he climbed up walls and, like, just caught balls that you thought you would never catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was flying around. Like, that was the whole reason, like, I love Robin Homers, and I still do. Like, I try to, but, you know, I get hung up on the fence. But, like, King Griffey, like, him just making it look so easy. Like, it was like Bo Jackson just graciously, like, running up the walls, catching balls. It was Griffey. And I think that took its hole on his legs and his back, and he got hurt. And then when that happened, man, because he was in this race with that 98 race. Yeah, yeah I think he actually had the lead, um, or he was right there. He was right there with McGuire, but then had, like, a really bad August. I think they said he went, like, two for 20. and yeah. had, like, a, almost like an 18-game hitless streak or something. Just yeah. really kind of fell off. I think off that was a, bite, a back problem or something. Uh, I yeah, think he, he was having back spasms he, at first. He crashed into a wall catching a ball. Oh. And I think that's kind of where that just derailed that season. And it was one of those things where, like, man, because every year prior, you were like, King Griffey Jr. is going to break the home run record. And then turns out he never did. It was no. Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. But, uh, yeah, King Griffey Jr., man, that was that was a fun guy to watch. Oh, yeah. How do you not trade for that guy in every 
MLB. <laughs> I, that's actually I just did the cheat code. I was Seattle. I so I had him <laughs> and him and A Rod on the same team, and I traded for Biggio and Bagwell. Him, A Rod, uh, Randy Johnson. Oh, what a team! <sighs> Crazy man. Yeah. And I know, Benavides, you said that was like your favorite player growing up, right? Yeah, yeah. Was uh, that your favorite baseball player of all time, or no? Randy Johnson was a mullet, huh? Yeah, it was the mullet. No, not Randy Johnson. <laughs> it was the exploding pigeons. It was, dude. That was that's still an iconic pitch. Like sports science is like, dude. I don't know how it happened. Like it broke the game. Error code. Um, Glitch but, in the matrix. But yeah, uh, Ken Griffey is probably my favorite player of all time. Yeah, uh, it's very close. It's him, uh, Ricky Henderson, Cal Ripken, and they're Ooh. all now your boy uh, Tony Gwynn. Ricky Henderson, the man that could swipe a bag. Uh, it's tough. I think he'd be four or five because because yeah. Tony had the most natural, the most beautiful swing. He could just effortlessly he would just poke put it wherever you wanted to. And and that's part watch. of what we talked about with Mark McGuire. When you don't take that step when you swing, you can just rotate your hips and put it out there. But it gives you the ability to see the ball for so much longer. Especially when people are throwing gas like that, Tony yeah. knew like, hey, I don't need to put a lot of power in it. I just Flick the wrist and then, like, I'll shoot it. Yeah. I'll use their own power against them. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Ken Griffey, I mean, yeah, I mean, both ways, how could you not want to be him? I mean, I'm a left-handed thrower and hitter, so, you know, if, on the rare occasion I ever hit a home run, yeah, I'm doing the walk-off every time. and The best swing of all time, probably. Oh, yeah. When you hit one and you can just drop the bat and, like, Take a couple steps, make it look real cool. I think there's a lot of players that they talk about who have the impact on the game. You look at basketball, it's Allen Iverson. While he wasn't the best player, even of his era, honestly, he had the biggest impact because it was the braids, it was the baggy shorts, it was the showing yeah. up to games yeah. in throwback jerseys and headbands, you know what I mean? Um, I think Griffey had that impact because I know, at least for all the kids on my block, when we came out to, to play baseball – Everyone was turning their hat backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Their hat backwards. Everyone was doing the no, swing. To this day, probably no one would wear a backwards hat if it wasn't for Griffey. Like, oh, anytime you turn on the Home Run Derby, everyone's, you know, doing their little homage to Griffey. Yeah. They turn their hat backwards or whatever. Like, that's that's Griffey. Like yep. you said about uh, Sosa, he, he, he brought that swagger that was just like, yeah, I'm the man. Yeah. Like, you're going to pay attention when I walk in and I just – I don't think he gets enough credit as being arguably some like one of the greatest players that we've ever seen. So, um, last point I had about this is: could this ever happen again? And why it should have never happened in the first place? And for me, why are we not walking these guys? <laughs> <laughs> like well, how? Did know, that was a different time. Analytics wasn't such a thing. But but pride was still a thing. No, like nobody wants to be the guy at sixty two. If if he got sixty one, and there's I thirteen fourteen games left, you're sitting at sixty one because anytime you come against me, I'm walking you. I don't like. I don't really remember their lineup, but who would have been behind them that you would have been? Well, scared? I mean, you had yeah Ray Langford probably at the time. If it's the Cardinals, you had um, oh who was the dude in center field? I could not trout Salmon. Yeah, uh, I can't remember his first name, but I know his last name was Salmon. And I, he, he, Tim Salmon. Tim Salmon couldn't stand him. Um, he would bat five. I remember that much. Uh, Ray Langford. You had well, either way. Um, I don't know. I personally, for me, growing up, I was a pitcher, so I think 
the same way you talk about pitch, that pitcher's pride, I would want to take pride in the fact that I struck a guy like that out. See, the so dude I'm, who's who's cranking twenty homers in twenty one homers in twenty two games, like he's on a hot streak. You're not doing that to me. But but Mark, yeah, in Mark, that same respect, you better believe I'm painting the corners with every that day. season. Mark McGuire had 162 walks. His on base percentage was 470. Jeez. He got on half the time, so he did get his walks in. And then Sammy Sosa, I think he had, I think it was like 80, 90 walks. I mean, he still walked as well. But Mark McGuire, wow. they they walked him, and then like Barry Bonds year when he hit seventy, oh yeah, three, they were walk- by the end of that he had over two hundred walks. Yeah. He was getting on almost half the time, which yep. is stupid. On like you tell me, half the time these guys got on. But I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't even be but, like as a pitcher, you wouldn't want to be known as a guy who's like yeah, I struck him out. But if you're no, if if the home run wasn't sixty two, if it was only like forty, like they well, walked. that's different. But like. When he starts getting into like, okay, this dude's gonna set like no one wants to have the record set on them. And they interviewed <laughs> that, they interviewed now the that's dude, fair. they interviewed the dude who gave up 62, the game that they were playing against the Cubs, and Sammy comes running in from right field and they're celebrating together. And the pitcher was like, Yeah, no, I hated that. <laughs> yeah. He was like, Look, we're still trying to win a game, like get back in right field. And he was like, I'm not gonna lie, he was like, I know it was great for the sport, and it was all good. And I was like, This dude is the most honest person Absolutely. in this documentary. <laughs> like he was like, That was pissed. You're a homer. We we're probably gonna lose. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Like, and that's me, it's just like like that's and you crazy. hear you hear guys that were talking about like um uh when like when players like in basketball when they get hot it's like I'm gonna start fouling this dude like you're not about to get 60 70 points on me yeah yeah like not Make not against our team Make him earn it. you know what i mean so it's just like if you're sitting there at 61 and i know and, and i'm pitching against you who you got behind you uh, Ray Tim, Tim Salmon? Okay, <laughs> all right. Go ahead, take Off first. The I don't even got to throw four pitches. You can just go walk down. Just or even at, even at 60, I wouldn't have given him a chance to tie the record. You're not even about, <laughs> not about to make history off me. Here, take take first. Go ahead. Take Do I, can I hit him? Is, is hitting him easier than I'm telling you, I got too much pride that would never happen to me. <laughs> You're not going to make – I'm not going to be the guy that gave up 62. So, yeah, 70. But, but in this, in the same, I mean, you couldn't tell me who that guy is. You asked, would this so, ever happen how much again? So, looking at this, this is last year's home run. I know Bonds hit 71 literally three years later, but God. yeah. Well, I mean, he I, did that with a little bit of help. So, so. do you think there will ever be so a one two <laughs> race like this, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire? Because, I mean, I'm I, looking, I think I'm looking at the stats last year. I'll tell you the home runs here. Okay. So, Pete Alonso, he was a rookie. He hit <laughs> 53. That's um, Soares from Cincinnati had 49. Solar from Kansas City had 48. Bellinger from the Dodgers had 47. Yeah, Trout, 45. Yellick, 44. He got hurt. Cruz, 41. And then a lot of people had 40, 41. So but that's still 30 more. I think uh, away from the record. I, how about just 61? Yeah, I think people, I think there's a couple guys that could get to 61. Mm, excuse me. But it would be tough, I, and it would have to be like a perfect storm of like everybody stayed healthy, and and you know it hasn't been a shortened season. So if you look at, but it would for me, Pete Alonso had almost six hundred bats. Okay, Yellick had four hundred eighty nine. He got hurt, and he had forty four home runs. And so if you gave him one hundred fifty extra bats, not saying he gets 
He would get close. He'd get a third of that because 150 is a third of 450. And then you have Mattley, Mike Trout. He had 470. He had 45. Yeah. And then you had Nelson Cruz who got hurt. He had 41. He had 450. He had 450 of that. So those three, if they didn't get hurt during those times, you probably would have saw 57, 58, 59, 60. Percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I think. I think Yellick has has a chance. Um, probably Judge. Uh, I think Pete Alonzo could very well. I mean, if, you know, Judge will hit 60 home runs and have like. 400 strikeouts. Yeah, he's very much a, a hit or literally strikeout. It was guy. basically when they were talking about McGuire and he was like, I knew I was a home run hitter and that was it. He's like, and it's crazy because they were talking about like, he's like, that was a thing to be embarrassed of back in the day. Like, that yeah. was, you were a one trick pony. Like, that's all you can do. All you can do is hit home runs. Yep. Well, yeah. not so much now. No, nowadays, apparently that's, that's, that's it. you know, that seems to be Aaron Judge. But um, <laughs> again, and I, well, I think the reason why it was such a big deal is because. The 94 season, there was a strike, or that it, you know, it ended too early because of the strike. 95, attendance was at its lowest. 96, 97, it was just kind of getting more popular. So it was a time, it was at a time when baseball was needed. That yeah. 95 season when they went on strike, Jeff Bagwell was the MVP. Oh, wow. Look at you, history lesson. Bro, he had one of the nastiest lines. If he got to play a full season, he probably could have hit 60 yeah, yeah, in the he, Astrodome. He did have some nasty in lines. The in the Astrodome. Jesus. <laughs> 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 well played. Uh, it's just like, I think, again, now, I think pitchers are better. I think people have more pride. Like, I don't think you let somebody get to 71 home runs now. I don't know who could do it. I don't know if they can. I, just, I don't know who can do it. Is tough. You know what I mean? Uh, but I think pitching is a lot better. I feel like – I don't know. I, I, I really see it kind of hard happening now. But I, I honestly think that, say, if someone were to do it, if there ever there was a time to do it, it would be next season. Yeah. Because it's kind of that same history repeating itself. Yeah. Strike shortened season. Obviously, this is not so much a strike, but as like a pandemic. But a time yeah. where Rob's like, not yeah. helping the kids. Let's be honest, baseball's viewership and attendance has gone down, down a lot. Very down. So they need something to get people excited. So if ever there was a time, it's now. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But Bro, I'm looking at this Jeff Bagwell season. One person, let alone two, I just Yeah. Yeah, that's, that'd be tough to see a race like that again. Baggy hit 368. <laughs> He's still on that. Bro, he had 39 bombs in the Astrodome. How uh, many games? How many games? Uh, game. He so played appearances. He had 400. Okay. So what's so about what Yellick had? Games? He had? If you get three, three a game, game, he had 50 less than Yellick. And Yellick had 44 home yeah. runs. So I mean, yeah, he was on a pretty good pace. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I just remember watching that, and I was like, there's no way that happens now. Nah. Nah. nah you'd have to have ideal conditions. Somebody who's short field. Unless who's, they bring yeah, who's got a home field in Colorado, and it's just bombing them. The Yankees got a short right porch, right? Yeah. Yeah, they do. But, I mean, for Aaron Judge, that means you got to hit oppo, and you have to do it consistently with power, and that's not always. But, I mean, he's got power. Like, he's going to yeah. have home runs that aren't supposed to be a home run. You know, like, right. he could just flick his wrist. It's gonna yeah, but, I mean, that's the same could be said for Correa and the Crawford box. But if you get someone who has a sweet left-hand swing, and it's got Aaron Judge but a left side, and they got that, you know, field, you know, it, I think it's definitely going to be done. I, I don't know. I'd probably say 10 years, I think, someone gets 61. 
two. Well, no, that's not the record anymore. No, I'm 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 not counting right, seventy three. The record's gonna okay, be because it's it you know I, I don't we're know. getting into like I'm uh, talking sixty one because seventy three man that numbers yeah that's insane I, I don't know if that'll be touched yeah, yeah that's I mean, like Barry Bonds asterisk range is tough to get that's to. like Jerry Rice level like you know what I mean like records that just records are made to be broken but like the, some <laughs> yeah. the balls are gonna have to be juiced or so, like something yeah like I said you have to be in Colorado or like somebody yeah. somewhere where the air's real thin. And you haven't been caught with steroids yet, they, and you're just—he did that in yeah. San Francisco, <laughs> like like you have the wind blowing in some oh, yeah. at the bay there, which is insane. And he's taking it to the whoo to the lake. Do you remember having like Cubby Cove? The kayak people would be out there, just, dude. Can you so imagine cool. seeing one coming your way and not having a glove and no way to get out of the way in the cove? <laughs> Yeet. Imagine diving in the water and not getting the ball. No, because how are you going to get back up? <laughs> That would have been. I mean, that's again just a time. I, the reason why I got so much press was the time that that the United States really needed baseball, and you had two great personalities who seemed like, or well, one guy with a really great personality. <laughs> but yeah, they they, they they were they were opposites, but they complemented each other so well. They did. Yeah. So it was really cool to see them getting along. You know, uh, at the end of the season, whenever uh, the Cubs made the playoffs, they're in the locker room, and Sosa's saying. You know, Mark's the king, but I'm number two, and you got to get through me to get to Mark. Like you can tell, he was genuinely a good dude. Yeah. So it's like, man, like I'm glad it happened to those those guys. And Mark didn't do a lot for himself, personality wise, on this doc. Uh, no. But it was really cool to see, and it just, I think, in a time where everything is so uncertain, and I think a lot of people are still scared, it felt really good for an hour and forty five minutes to just be transported time to being when I was back as a kid. And just running home and just asking my dad if there was any news about anybody hitting a home run. So it just for an hour and forty five minutes, it it just I was happy again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's what a lot of people needed. And I think as much as 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 good as it would have been to have baseball going on right now and showing this, maybe the fact that there is no baseball helped the viewership of this and. If a young kid somewhere watched this and was like, oh, I need to look into that, I think they'd find a lot of cool facts. Uh, I can tell you the last two nights I watched the 2017 World Series <laughs> with the Astros, and then I watched the 2016 with the uh, Cubs yeah. and the Indians. So, um, like I said, a lot of uncertainty in the world. It's good to have stuff that makes you feel good. Yeah. And while they did bring up the steroid stuff at the end, 95% of the doc was – Seemed like happy-go-lucky stuff, and that made me feel good even for a little while. So um, I think that's a good place to kind of wrap up today. I know we went a little bit long uh, on this pod, but, you know, when it talks about nostalgic stuff, it's always fun to kind of dive into. So yeah, this is a good topic, Sean. Yeah, man. Um, appreciate you guys sitting down with me. Appreciate you guys. If you made it this far in the pod, wow, thank you. <laughs> thank you for yeah, tuning in there, man. we really do appreciate it a pat on the back there um and, and shout out germany our one listener that we got from yeah. germany hey. you guys yeah. so shout out to you whoever you are we love you uh send us an email uh msmdailymail at gmail.com and matt what's that ig uh yeah yeah you can find us on instagram uh msm productions 2020 um, send me a DM. You can, like you said, you got the email address. Send us uh, whatever you got. We have a few more till we can get to that mailbag. So 
Uh, yeah, let me know what you got, man. And if it's in Germany, don't worry. If it's in German, don't worry. We got Google Translate. We'll figure it out. I got it figured out. Um, to you, one person in whatever the name of that city was, I definitely can't pronounce. Oh, I wouldn't um, even try. So, appreciate you guys listening. Uh, for MSM, this is Sean Crowell. Matt Benavides. Matthew Thomas, Michael Gregory. Signing off. We will be back next week. You guys hey. enjoy your weekend. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out yeah. there. Hey. Happy Father's Day, y'all. Um, happy Father's Day. get a lot of socks and underwear. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye.